So you're talking about big data, and we have lots of new big data, but we also have old big data. And it's very interesting to us because we have the historical archives of baseball video footage going back into the 50s, but it's been sort of locked away on older media. And so digitizing this data, making it available for fans, the true fans of baseball that just love this stuff, the intention is that all that data is democratized and you can do whatever you want with it. So it's not just our curated content, but we're effectively turning that over to, to fans to have fun with. Welcome to The Restless Ones. I'm Jonathan Strickland. I've spent more than a decade really learning about technology, what makes it tick, and then describing and explaining that to my audience. But it's the conversations with the world's most unconventional thinkers, the leaders at the intersection of technology and business, that fascinate me the most. In partnership with T-Mobile for Business, I explore the unique set of challenges that CIOs and CTOs face from advancements in cloud and edge computing, software as a service, Internet of Things, and, of course, 5G. We are often left wondering how the leading minds in business continue to thrive. Let's find out. Today, we have two guests from Major League Baseball, or MLB. On the show, we're honored to have Vasant Williams, Chief Product Officer and EVP of Product and Engineering, as well as Truman Boys, SVP of Infrastructure. When it comes to high-tech, the game of baseball might not leap to mind right away. The fundamentals of the game have had relatively few changes over the years. But as it turns out, sophisticated technology underlies every aspect of the modern MLB organization. From establishing high-speed connections between the 30 baseball parks and the home offices to creating unforgettable fan experiences, technology is a core element in modern baseball. Vasanth and Truman walked me through how MLB is making use of technology and the challenges the organization faces to make certain that the experiences they want to share with the fans have the technological support to make them possible. It turns out there's a lot to talk about, and so our conversation will span two episodes because, well, I've got to be honest, there's just too much great information to edit it all down. I started off asking each of them about their own backgrounds. Thank you for both being on the show. Vasanth, I'd like to start off by learning how you first became interested in technology. So my background, I started as a chemical engineer. So it's, uh, uh, it's very different from what I'm doing right now. But as I finished my undergrad, and one of the things I did during my undergrad was to be an intern at a chemical factory. And that's when internet was taken out as the late uh, uh, mid-90s, 1990s. I'm dating myself here. And I was starting to dabble in technology and uh, computers. And I was comparing myself in my internship at a, at a chemical factory, which, you know, these are factories that are built 50 years ago or 30 years ago. And you're looking at, oh, we got to change the boiler. Versus now you have this, and I'm looking at software and computers and it was so nascent at the time. And I was like, this is exciting. Things changing every six months, every year. And so um, that's when I said, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm going to get myself more in, uh, 
uh, into computers. And I did my master's in computer science. I went straight from chemical engineering undergrad to master's in computer science. And uh, here I am, right? So um, I could have been working in a chemical factory uh, <laughs> right now, but here I am. So. I have to admit, I did not expect to hear that kind of a journey from chemical engineering to working in uh, computer science with MLB. That is a phenomenal start to this conversation. Uh, and I'll probably want to dive into that more in a second. But Truman, I would also like to know from you, how did you first get interested in tech? So I got interested in online services prior to the internet. So, you know, early services in the 80s, actually, CompuServe and Prodigy and all of these really, you know, predating the internet services. And I was completely enthralled by it. I ended up, you know, as a teenager, actually making early bulletin board systems, connecting them up to other bulletin board systems. And I just knew at that point how important all of this would be, um, connecting with information, connecting with other people, early email that was just mind blowing that you could actually, you could communicate with people and you'd get responses back. And at 19, I, I started working at a small ISP with some friends. Uh, we basically created a dial-up ISP for New Jersey and New York. And, you know, we just started building things and I just kept going. Um, loved building networks, loved connecting people. And, you know, from there, it was just a journey into technology and, and just loving every minute of it. This is so interesting. So we have Vasanth, who you went into a, an industry where it was heavily dependent upon legacy systems that had not really changed for decades and was just entering into that revolutionary transformational period where you start seeing more software implementations and automation. And that sparked your interest. And then Truman, with you, we have someone who got into online service providers, the predecessors to ISPs, and really cutting your teeth in that world. It's interesting how that experience, that encountering of technology really was what set you on this pathway. I'm very curious, then Truman, what actually brought you over to MLB? Where were you before that and how did you move over here? So I was at a financial services technology organization and was working on a whole different set of problems, uh, ultra low latency trading, you know, market data, all the fintech components, embargoed data. And it's a massive shift to transition from that world to this other world. I think there's kind of two common things that in terms of you know career and passion, just making sure that I'm doing things that feel like they have value. One of them, you know, from the financial services side, you know, market transparency, I think is really important just holistically across the world. And that's what brought me into to that world. And then making people happy is baseball. So I had an opportunity to uh, come in and start working in the infrastructure space, which was, you know, greatly needed at the time as we were, you know, MLB itself was transitioning. Um, parts of its uh, staff and technologies had moved to another organization. And so it was a bit of a rebuilding exercise. And for me, it was an, a challenge. And I was looking for a, a wonderful set of challenges with organization and technology and a good mix of both. So in a way, you were coming into MLB while it was going through its own transformational stage. It's so fascinating to me when we see these organizations that have incredible histories behind them and the amount of, of work and effort it takes in order to reinvent these various industries so that they can keep pace with the times. 
Vasanth, what about you? I'm very curious how the chemical engineer ended up over at MLB. <laughs> the chemical engineer was at uh, Microsoft. And just before coming to MLB, I was at Amazon for five years prior to that. Right. So um, at Amazon, I was running the product and technology for one of their fastest growing business, which was the online advertising technology there. And it was going great. That's when MLB uh, reached out to me in, uh, at that time. And, you know, I use this framework called the regret minimization framework. Right? So what that is, is effectively, what would you regret not doing uh, 10 or 20 years from now? Would I regret uh, leaving Amazon and, or would you regret not working for the, one of the top sports leagues that really bring, that brings people together, creates communities? And the answer was very simple at that point. Uh, you know, I was talking to the commissioner and Chris Maranak at, at the league. They said, hey, look, we're at an uh, inflection point, right? Sports, media, and things that we need to do. You know, it's, it's a green field. You know, you get to come and uh, reimagine what we could do together uh, as a sports league. We tend to get caught up when you're in a particular role or a particular organization. Like, you know, what's next? Like, what are we pushing? We are so important to this organization. But uh, using the regret minimization framework, we really take a step back. It becomes very clear. I would definitely regret not joining the league. That's what brought me to uh, MLP and my uh, role here. That, that's also a really interesting approach to sort of risk assessment, right? The idea of, well, I'm measuring risk, but I'm also measuring, is this going to be the thing that a month from now I'm going to wake up and say, why didn't I try that? That could have been a yep. challenge that really energized me and I could have made a real impact there. Well, normally at this point, I would ask my guest to describe their job as if they were trying to tell someone in a casual setting what it is they do. However, since I have two of you, I have the unique opportunity to make you try and do that to each other. So, Vasanth, could you try and tell me what Truman's job is? Yeah, absolutely. So, Truman is a counterpart to me. Truman runs our infrastructure. Think about everything, the technology infrastructure that from the ballpark to the uh, MLB offices, the, all the 30 ballparks uh, across the country, the Wi-Fi to the systems, uh, the security systems to the cybersecurity, uh, all of the base infrastructure that we need to have to execute uh, things on top of it. My digital products does not exist if Truman does not do his job. Of, uh, and that's not just at uh, all the 30 ballparks, but also all our offices and all of the infrastructure. Uh, so he, he's really a critical and important partner to me. Wow, Truman, Vasanth really talked you up. So it's now your job <laughs> to tell me what Vasanth's job's all about. And and, and likewise, a phenomenal collaboration between Vasanth and I. And, and Vasanth coming in and running product and engineering has completely transformed the way that we build products. So I would say that Vasant's job is basically to plot out what it is that we want to build from a product perspective, taking a look at existing products that we already have that you have to lifecycle, continue to mature. That's where the fans are. That's where all of our user base is. Finding ways to build and invest in those properties and then you know to run a team that continues to add features and connect back with the market. What do they want? What are they looking for? And that's what his team has embraced. Um, and we've seen phenomenal you know, impact there around 
engagement around, uh, you know, gaming opportunities, um, you know, what we're doing in terms of second screen experiences, um, just getting even advertising right. You know, how do we insert the right personalized ad into media streams? And, and all of that falls into Vassan's work. So I view it as it's a really hard problem to solve, which is always knowing what people are looking for and then building it. Well, then this is really fortunate for me to be able to talk with two people whose work complements one another, that the one enables the other, and there's sort of a feedback loop going on where you are able to determine what is it that the organization needs and then how do you meet those needs, both from infrastructure and from an experience. Well, what is something about your job that you suspect the average person is not aware of? Someone who perhaps is even an ardent fan and goes to baseball games and things, but doesn't really get that this is part of what you do. And, and Truman, I guess we'll start with you. I'd say most people don't know that some of the hardest work uh, is happening during the off season. So, you know, when baseball is not being played, that's when we're going out to ballparks, we're installing new cameras, we're, we're refreshing all our infrastructure, we're building applications and getting ready to release them so there's so much that's happening in the off season. And so I'd say, you know, November through March, we're busy, very busy. Every time that we think of a project, it's always times 30. And sometimes, you know, if it has to go out to minor league ballparks or, or other areas that we're investing in, in other leagues, um, you know, there's, there's quite a bit that goes into that travel schedule. And so, um, you know, it's just every task is a big task. Right. Uh, Vasanth, what about you? What is something that uh, about your job that people just aren't aware of? One is uh, how much fun it is. Even the toughest day at, uh, at Major League Baseball is, is fun. And at any point you feel frustrated, you just go to a game and you feel you, you'll know the, uh, your reason why you exist. So it uh, it's, gives an immense sense of satisfaction. So that uh, on an everyday basis. The other thing about the job, uh, an average uh, fan or a person may not know is uh, how much tracking that happens on the field in a single play. Each player at any instant, we are tracking 18 points of the player. We're tracking the spin on the ball. We're tracking uh, at, a, at a frame rate that a high fidelity that never existed before. And we provide it back to these players, back to these clubs, so, so they can leverage this information for better coaching or injury prevention. So what seems like a regular baseball game, uh, we generate petabytes of data that we pass back to the club. And we, you know, making sure each of the data is accurate is what a lot of my teams do. Every hardcore fan of baseball I know is a statistics junkie. And as you say, that's going to lead us to some pretty cool conversations a little bit later in this episode to talk about ways to, to leverage that both behind the scenes and for the fan experience as well. Well, then I'll follow that up. Truman, what is something about your job you find just really exciting, like the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning? I, I think it's, it's you know, similar to the, the, the points that Vasanth is raising, which is really around the connection to the game. So it's taking technology, bridging it, and just seeing how it, it directly impacts what we're doing in many times, you know, technology is just, you know, kind of the mundane, you know, here's how we, we all like log in, we check our email. This thing actually has a direct impact on the experience. And so it makes the fans happy and, you know, things in point being the accuracy of calls, making sure that a replay review can happen within a minute. 
How do you do that? Well, you have to have lots of cameras and lots of bandwidth and send that back to New York and have operators that know how to pull up those angles very quickly. Increasing the the pace of the game itself. Historically, you know, baseball is a long game and, you know, how do you keep it uh, relevant and how do you keep it, you know, something that people want to enjoy and watch a, you know, a two and a half, three hour game. So, you know, finding ways to, to build products that allow us to do that, you know, consolidated games, catch up games, just all of that tech, but it makes people happy. I would say the number one thing is tech makes people happy because it's, you know, improving the experience. Yeah. And, and Vasanth, I think you kind of touched on this in your last answer, but is there anything else about your job that really excites you that you think of as this? I'm so glad when I did that regret minimization approach <laughs> that, that I took this choice. Yeah, absolutely. Right. One thing I can tell you is uh, no two seasons are the same. Right. Are, are no even two months are the same in, in baseball. It's exciting. The constant pace of change, uh, not just what, what's happening on the field, but also what we're seeing now with our fan base, like uh, the way they consume baseball, the way they engage with baseball is changing faster than ever before. And you don't think about it as it's, oh, it's a 120 year old sport, but rather you're thinking about uh, the changes that are happening in real time. You know, last year, 2020 was not a great change, but still there was a lot of change. So, and I think it's just going to continue to accelerate things. And that to me is exciting about this job and it gets me up every day. Uh, and I, I have to say, most people who work in tech fields in businesses, they don't get to hear their consumers burst out into a standing ovation when something truly amazing shows on the screen or when they're able to augment the already incredible experience of being at a baseball game through technology. So that has to be pretty astounding. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been fun. I've been here two years and it's uh, every day has been fun. <laughs> I got to say. <laughs> That's great. If there's one thing most businesses can agree on these days, it's that change has never come about so quickly. New ways of working have become the norm. As a result, the status quo no longer cuts it when it comes to helping businesses adapt and innovate. That's why T-Mobile for Business uses unconventional thinking to help businesses work smarter and grow faster. Only T-Mobile offers America's largest and fastest 5G network. It's just one reason they're better able to help businesses solve the real-world challenges they face as they evolve. For instance, their new WFX solutions help team members stay connected and productive where work happens. With nearly two and a half times the network coverage of AT&T, nearly four times more than Verizon, and $40 billion invested in network and business improvements over the next three years. T-Mobile for Business is better for your business right now and into the future. See what they can do for your organization at T-Mobile.com slash unconventional. Open Signal awarded T-Mobile fastest 5G network based on average speeds. USA 5G user experience report January 2021. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some users may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. Next, I wanted to learn more about how MLB is using technology today. And I was shocked to learn that MLB took the concept of big data and cranked it up to 11. Can you sort of explain in what ways MLB now is really leaning on technology, both in the ballparks and also like within the offices? Kind of give us an idea of 
your job as dealing with infrastructure, what does that actually encapsulate? Sure. Well, first of all, it's it's a lot of data. So there's there's constantly streaming data from statistics and video that's coming out of all 30 ballparks. And on some days, you know, it's coming out of 15 of those ballparks at the same time. So the way at which we lean on technology, it's really at every layer. It's from production, it's from being able to have highly accurate uh, replay and really highly accurate understanding of what's happening on the field. And so with all of that technology, which we invested in at all of the ballparks to create a common platform, we now have a uniform way to address what actually happened, what is playing out on that field. You know, describing how detailed it is, it also provides a way for us to take that data and provide it back for coaching. So you see over time that not only is the game being affected you know, that's currently being played, but that there's this feedback loop to give back to um, to the replay team and also to coaches so that they're able to, over time, you have just better calls and better players. I think overall, the way that technology is affecting it is that we're having a better experience for the fans, but we're also providing a better experience for the game itself. And we're improving just the way that everything comes together. We start to have better on-field dynamics. And I think the next piece that, you know, to kind of tease together is, what is it like to experience the game of baseball in a ballpark? We didn't really have that opportunity last year. And, and as people are returning you know, this year, and the numbers have been phenomenal, it's how do we make this more frictionless? You know, The long lines, that's going to go away. And how do we get to a place where it's easy to get in, it's easy to sit down, get your food, watch a game, and leave? And so we're interested in all the technologies that would allow that to happen. And I love that this is also a way of leveling the playing field across different ballparks in very different regions that they all have access to this same sort of uh, technological infrastructure so that you are able to have that experience no matter where a game is being played. And Vasanth, so we touched on a little bit about this technology gathering up all this data. This is, I think, the very definition of big data, the idea of, of collecting enormous amounts of information. Uh, so I assume that that part of your responsibility also is figuring out ways of leveraging all that information and actually finding meaning and usefulness out of that. Is is that an accurate representation? Yeah, absolutely. So there's two aspects to this, right? So there, we talked about uh, the data collection on the FIA, right? We installed the new tracking system. Truman's team actually helped do all of that across all the 30 major league ballparks. So basically now we track every movement on the field with such high fidelity. So we got a lot of this data. So what do we do with this? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two ways to think about it, right? Uh, one is how could we use to better the game itself, right? So so we uh, that's... We give this data to the clubs. We give this data to the players to help them refine the game. You know, you can see that a lot of them are leveraging that pretty significantly and the pitches are getting better and better with that information. And then there's the second aspect to it. Uh, What can we do from a fan perspective? Can we take this data and showcase and provide fans an experience that they never used to get before? Right. So one use case that we have been dabbling with is because we have so much data, we can literally recreate the game from any angle you want. We launched a, a first generation of that called Field Vision, uh, which basically being able to see the game from an angle that was, that was where there's no camera. So can we provide an experience to fans that is kind of fun 
like let's say uh, from the eyes of Mookie Betts when he's sliding in into first base, right? So uh, can you see that? What was uh, he seeing when uh, at that point in time? So we're trying to step, take a step back and see how could we take this data and use this in a way that's kind of fun uh, for fans to immerse themselves into the game. We're in early stages of that, but uh, for uh, folks, you should just uh, go look up uh, field vision. I think back to when I was watching baseball growing up, and if something happened where a camera operator wasn't, you would hear about it, but you wouldn't really necessarily see it. And now we've reached a point where we've got this proliferation of cameras and this amazing way of recreating uh, a moment. And also just that idea of leveraging data that quickly and that effectively, that really to me is one of those amazing instances of the actual implementation of a big data solution. So now having this real-time approach to making use to enormous amounts of data that's streaming in constantly from all these different sources, that to me is really kind of a snapshot of how amazing technology has advanced over the past decade. But uh, I, I am also curious if uh, if you could maybe walk us through to kind of get an idea of what this looks like uh, in your regular jobs. Uh, Truman, I'll, I'll start with you. If you could talk about a project, like a big tech implementation you've worked on with MLB and kind of go through the point of ideation where the decision is made through the actual implementation process to kind of give us an idea of scale and timing on these sorts of things. Sure. Yeah, I think there's a really cool one, actually. So you're talking about big data, and we have lots of new big data, but we also have old big data. And it's very interesting to us because we have the historical archives of baseball video footage going back into the 50s. And so we took a look at this and we've, you know, we maintain it as an asset. And there's wonderful things in there. It's you know, games, it's full games, it's uh, press pressers that, you know, came out in the 80s and there's interesting content there, but it's been sort of locked away on older media. And so we've had this on a bunch of magnetic tape and 16 millimeter film and all these other technologies that are effectively aging. And worse than that is they're decaying. And so digitizing this data, making it available for fans, the true fans of baseball that just love this stuff and they want to see consolidated games or a clip from growing up and they want to see, they remember the game, but they can't find it on you know one of the online platforms. Vassant's team built something really cool, which is called Film Room, and it lets fans pull up. There's over 3 million clips in there right now, and we're adding more. The intention is that all that data is democratized and you can do whatever you want with it. You can pull it up, you can create your own clip. And if there's things that you like, uh, you like to see home runs from this team or you like to see double plays, whatever that is, you sort of build these yourself. Uh, so it's not just our curated content, but we're effectively turning that over to, to fans to have fun with. So the way this ties back in with the data is we have decaying media, which we realized you know, as we started to pull through this content, and we realized that we needed to get all of this stuff digitized, make it available, and start to move those assets into secure on-prem and also in cloud. Um, monumental effort. And the size of this data is north of uh, 40 petabytes of data. So you know, in terms of what that is, it's a large footprint in a data center. And you can imagine moving that 
over time into cloud, it, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of time. So, um, you know, we scoped it out as a project, we invested in it and we've put a team together to even digitize some of the old content. So they're rescanning in 16 millimeter film, pulling this stuff in. And it's just, it's a really cool, the tech behind it is really interesting, but the net result is that some footage that hasn't been seen is going to be seen. Um, and that's just, you know, it really connects us back to the game. I love that. I also love the idea that I can, I can watch the Braves win the World Series over and over in various ways uh, because I feel sometimes that's the only way I'm going to be able to enjoy it. <laughs> As a, I'm, a, I'm a hometown Atlanta boy, so... That's it. Just keep looping it. <laughs> that's right. And I'll just be yelling, Braves win, Braves win, over and over again. That was a great example. Uh, Vasanth, do you have any other uh, sort of projects that you, that you've worked on personally that you feel would be a great sort of example of from beginning to implementation. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I will riff off a little bit of what Truman uh, talked about, like, you know, while he moves all of that to the digitizing all the media, uh, how do we provide an experience to fans that is actually can utilize it? I mean, we have so much data. So basically what it is, is we use technology to go through this digital media and cut every pitch. We tag every pitch programmatically with all this additional information as a tool for fans. For example, you could say, show me all the plays by uh, Fernando Tatis in the seventh inning uh, on a fastball that resulted in a home run, right? So it, it's as detailed as that. So it, it has like uh, 20, 30 different levers that you can pull and precisely. So if you want to build a narrative around a player, uh, you want to have bragging rights with your friends, it's a great tool which allows you to create reels around it and share it on Twitter and all the different uh, social media. It's all just started as a hackathon project. And, and now it's, you know, it's a, it's one of the ways uh, the beat writers and the writers use clips together with, with the, is directly through this tool. Uh, I, I love that too. I, I can think of endless conversations I've been part of among other baseball fans where everyone's debating the various aspects of one player versus another and having a tool where you can start like, no, no, I, I have evidence to back up my point. I'm just going to pull. <laughs> yes. Let me show you how hope dies in the eyes of a batter when Smoltz <laughs> took the, the mound. And <laughs> this also is just a great conversation to show how – uh, data can have a, a truly uh, incredible impact on people when implemented and leveraged properly. I think that's that is like the big business of the next century, right? It's the technology enables it, but the data is what powers it. Well, then I am. I'm also very curious because obviously, uh, Vasanth, you alluded to this earlier. Uh, obviously, 2020 was a truly tumultuous year, had an enormous impact on live events in all industries. Uh, how did you leverage technology during the pandemic in order to keep things moving as smoothly as you possibly could? Yeah, it was a pretty um, rough year to say the least. It's not just for MLB, but for everyone going through it in 2020. So at the same time, we knew that uh, baseball, we we have to have baseball, right? This is, uh, this is one uh, avenue where people can uh, come together and uh, despite all the craziness that's going around in the world to create, create a sense of normalcy. And, and baseball has always played this role in history and we wanted to continue to do that. So uh, digital or technology became a lot more critical at this point. So what became relevant is how do you bring baseball to homes, right? So uh, when we didn't have the 
season start in April. What we did is we allowed uh, people to watch uh, all of the old uh, opening day games and uh, and we started giving a lot more video on demand content for our fans during the time. So that's one big uh, push we did. And the other one was uh, if they're not going to be at the uh, ballpark, what can we do to help them uh, feel like they're there, right? So a couple of things we did. We had we launched something called the Cheer at the Ballpark, which was basically digital cheering. Um, and we had the uh, fake noise, you know, like it or not, it, it was actually, was seemed like a little normal. Uh, we had a lot of uh, engagement with that product because people are so craving for something at that point. And the same thing, um, even when, if you, you couldn't be at the ballpark, we allowed them to send a picture and we'll actually put up our cutouts there. It was actually created an emotional connection to people. Like it matters to show up and be part of the community. So I, I think, you know, it accelerated uh, our uh, people watching uh, streaming products. So we had significant demand for, the, for that. And what we're seeing now is as we're coming out of the pandemic, uh, we're still seeing that engagement, that behavior we've created continue. We have one of the best uh, uh, streaming view uh, viewership numbers and engagement numbers ever in the history. Well, and, and as you point out, Vasanth, I mean, one of the, the big draws of any live event is that that communal experience and that uh, you are a part of something and it elevates everything. Having a, a game where it would just be dead silent would just be unnatural and unsettling. And I think that that using technology to help address that was a genius move. Something that without that, you would have really felt like this just doesn't feel right. And uh, Truman, I, I imagine that for your team, the COVID probably caused a, an enormous pivot as well. Can you talk about what was going on in 2020 for you and your team? Yeah, so January of 2020, the expectation was for all of us to to come into the office. And we had just built a brand new office for MLB. All new technology. It was the first time that we brought our tech teams and the rest of the office of the commissioner together. A lot of new technology was just being stood up. And we were expecting that we had this runway of you know three months to get ready for opening day. And so this was infrastructure work that lived in our building. It was getting out to all the ballparks to install all new equipment. There was lots of new projects that were landing in 2020. March 11th, we all went home. And we were just trying to figure out what does this mean for the game? And a bunch of things happened. Firstly, we just, I think people are resilient and they just started to figure out how do we take the technology that we have today and adapt? So even prior to baseball starting, there were lots of press release related streaming and things that still support the game of baseball. And we needed to have this thing running. In March, we effectively ran our broadcast operations over Zoom. So multi-view, all these you know uh, panels for quality control and, and streaming, all of that was being operated out of people's houses. At the venues, we had such dedicated employees that, that wanted to get this thing stood up, and yet there were a lot of restrictions on travel. So you know the ingenious solution was renting RVs. And some folks ended up, you know, putting themselves in a bubble and driving ballpark to ballpark, which I wish we actually had this stuff, you know, captured on video because I think it would be like a wonderful experience, like to just see what that what that was like for them. But basically, the tech was mid-flight and we had to adapt. And so, you know, using these tools, I think, allowed us to really get through and, and get the game going. Uh, I agree, Truman. I think that the RV story would have made it an, a, a phenomenal documentary. Look at the amount of dedication and the amount of work that went into ensuring that these 
initiatives could continue as best they could under beyond trying circumstances. My conversation with Truman and Vasanth will continue in the next episode of The Restless Ones. We covered a lot of ground, and I gained a deeper appreciation for how MLB integrates technology into every aspect of baseball, from the experience of attending a game in person to the fundamentals of the game itself. Be sure to tune in to our next episode, where we'll learn about some of the emerging technologies that will lead to a variety of experiences at ballparks that appeal to a broad spectrum of baseball fans. Thanks for listening. I'm Jonathan Strickland. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. These days, new ways of working have become the norm, and the status quo no longer cuts it when it comes to helping businesses evolve and grow. That's why T-Mobile for Business uses unconventional thinking to help businesses seize innovation. Only T-Mobile offers America's largest and fastest 5G network, which makes their new WFX solutions possible letting businesses stay connected and productive where work happens. See what T-Mobile for Business can do for you at tmobile.com slash unconventional. Open Signal awarded T-Mobile fastest 5G network based on average speeds. USA 5G user experience report January 2021. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some users may require certain plan or features. See t-mobile.com. 